Warning, the following episode features numerous spoilers and adult language. Listener discretion advised. Today we watch 1999's Fight Club and 1979's The Warriors. So fondle some bitch tits and come out and play and enjoy the show. All right, everybody, welcome in to another fabulous and great edition of the Movies from A to B podcast, also known as the MFAB podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Gavin. And thanks for joining us today. No, we uh, got a great show for him today, don't we? We do have a really great show today. You know, not like the other ones have been terrible, yeah, but... This is, this is actually a really good one. I'm a good one. I've actually been excited about this one all week. Me too. I've been excited for a while. Yeah. So, uh, first up on the docket today is... Was it 1999, right? 1999's Fight Club, directed by David Fincher, starring Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, and Helena Bonham Carter. And Meatloaf. And Meatloaf, yeah. And Meatloaf. Yep. And Jared Leto's also in here, too. Yeah. His earlier films. His earlier films, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, basically, this movie kind of starts out with a flash scene from later in the movie, kind of. Yeah, it starts off with a really. Awesome '90s like travel through the brain. Oh yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. '90s, yeah. <laughs> With the credits going. Oh, yeah, this movie had an epic '90s, you know, alternative soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack. Awesome soundtrack. Fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, once we get through the opening credits, we open on Edward Norton's character. Um, With never, a barrel. Never find his name, so we're just gonna refer to him as either Ed or the narrator. Yeah, I'm gonna call him Edward. Edward. Or Ed. Or Ed. And he's talking with Brad Pitt's character, uh, Tyler Durden, in an office building. A um, little insight on their project called Project Mayhem. And then we just kind of flash back to the beginning of the Because he wants to start earlier. Yeah, so, well, we need to start earlier. Um, if we first see Bitch Tit Bob here. Yeah, Bob has Bitch Tits. <laughs> brief second, and then we'll get back to him in a minute. Yeah. And we go back even further and find out that Ed, Edward Norton's character is just... Can't sleep. Can't sleep. He's got insomnia. He's got an Ikea addiction. Yeah, he's got an Ikea lifestyle. Yeah. Nice upper condo apartment that he just fills with meaningless crap from Ikea. Yeah, he sits on the shitter and orders out of a catalog. Yep. Um, Goes to the doctor and he says, hey, can't you give me something for my sleeplessness? Anything. Just... Yeah. Just basically tells him, you want to see pain, go to the... Testicular Cancer Support Group. Which he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he meets Bob. Bitch tip Bob. Bitch tip Bob. <laughs> kind of like staring at him from the... <laughs> yep. Kind of like pick him out. That was, that was a creepy scene. Mm-hmm. And Bitch tip Bob is played by Meatloaf. Little Meatloaf. Yeah. And yeah, just huge tits. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe yeah. them. <laughs> Double like, Zs? <laughs> they're fucking massive. Yeah, they are. Um, and Very it, large breasticles. Yeah, it basically, they share a hug, he gets pretty much suffocated by the big tits, and yeah. he cries. Well, he loses all hope. Loses all hope, he cries, and he sleeps like a fucking baby that night. Yeah. And because of this, becomes addicted to support groups. Because they help him sleep. Yeah, they help Which him is, sleep. You know, the only reason to go to support groups. So yeah, he's literally like going to one every night of the week, um, until Marla shows up. Yeah, that's when Marla ruins everything. Marla's played by Helena Bonham Carter. Um, he instantly hates her. Yeah. And just despises her, and his insomnia comes back. And he knows of, she's a tourist. Yeah. He, she know, he knows she's not there, because she shows up at the testicular group. Yeah. She doesn't have balls. How could she be there? 
But she points out later that she has more of a right to be there than he does. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. She doesn't have balls. But at one of the support groups, it's it's for cancer. I wrote down, poor Chloe. Yeah, Chloe wants the D. Chloe, she's this chick dying from cancer, and all she wants is just to get laid once okay. once more. One more time. Yeah. I'd throw um, her a bone. You went, yeah. Well, maybe. She's dying. She's dying, you know. Dying That's her dying wish, wish yeah. Um, and then he's kind of daydreaming in, in the office, right? Or is that one of the support groups? Uh, that's a good question. I just and, watched this just last night, too. Because there's the awesome plane crash. Or no, is he actually on the plane? Oh, no, that's a little bit later, I think. Um, Do we see miss him? Oh, no, we, we see his job. Yeah, his yeah. boring ass <laughs> that he fucking hates. Yeah, so he does, you know, he travels from one city, wakes up in another. When he's not really asleep, he's not really awake. Wake, yeah, he's just in the middle. They kind of give a rundown of what he does for a living, which... Is uh what he assesses the damage for car accidents and determines if they should have a recall yeah. or not. So and he never says what car company he works for. No, it's a big one though. Yeah, it's a big one. So, um, and one of these trips he meets Tyler. Yeah, he's sitting next to Tyler. Tyler Durden. He sells soap. He does for a living. Paper Street Soap Company. Mm -hmm. And he's a smooth talker right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And he, after this meeting with Tyler, um, they leave. The, he, Tyler gives him his card. Um, he returns to his apartment or condo, finds it's gone. It's burned down. Yeah, it exploded out, actually. Exploded all his crappy Ikea shit. First, he lost everything that he had. He was traveling with, though. Yeah. Because he had a vibrating suitcase. Oh, yeah. His suitcase was vibrating. Yeah. Who knows why? You know, it's probably a razor or... But ironically, out of all the rubble from his apartment, Marla's number didn't get destroyed. Yeah, how would you even find that? <laughs> yeah, somehow it just happens to land right there. Like and a... he gives her a call. She answers, then he immediately hangs up. He's like, ah, oh, fuck this. And then he gives Tyler a call. When she doesn't pick up. You know. Tyler doesn't pick up. So he hangs up again, and as he's about to walk out the phone booth, the phone rings. Yeah. And it's Tyler. And they uh, meet up. Have some drinks. Have some drinks. But before that, we actually see what they're telling him what happened to his apartment. It was a really cool, uh, and I, I'm assuming it was animated, but a really cool visual of the explosion. Oh, the hall. Yeah. Pilot light going out. And the pilot light going out and then the Freon escaping. Really, really nice CGI there. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It was a fun, like, part of apartment to another part of apartment to another part of apartment. Just a, a, a constant moving shot. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was um, pretty cool. So then Edward and Tyler meet up at this bar, Lou's Bar, share some drinks, um, and then they're obviously drunk, go out to the parking lot, and one of the classic lines from this film here, uh, Tyler turns to Edward and says, I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Yeah, after he's like, why don't you just fucking ask? Yeah. He's like, ask what? He's like, well, you fucking called me because you need a fucking place to stay. Yeah, fucking place, yeah. Which makes and sense. this is where we see uh, what Tyler used to do for a job. Yeah, yeah, we get to see his contribution to the night shift. To the night shift. He used to work at a movie theater where he would switch reels, and he'd splice penises into children's movies. Yeah, just one family movies. 
They weren't exactly children's movies. But just one frame. Yeah. It just quick flash, and you know you saw it. And they actually splice it into the movie several times, too. Yeah. You know you see it, but you barely see it. By the end, it was just blank, you know. Yeah, and this whole scene is a fourth wall break where they're showing him. because Edward, or the narrator. The narrator, yeah. Like, describing to the audience everything that Tyler does, you know? Yeah. He works for the movie place. He also works at a banquet place where he pisses in soup. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's a really good use of the fourth wall break there. Um, One thing that bothered me about the movie scene, though, was uh, when you see the family watching the movie and and it cuts, there's a flash, and you know that's when the penis popped on there or whatever. Yeah. And you hear the noise. Mm -hmm. Why would you put the noise in there? I don't know. I don't even know how you'd get a reel to, you know, play the actual sound of fucking for that, like, split one. Yeah, this is true. I just thought that was funny. That is a good point. Like, that wouldn't happen. It'd just be a quick flick of the penis, yeah. Hmm. Good thought, though. Yeah. But, yeah, so then they flash back to the, uh, the bar parking lot, and Edward Norton hits him. In the fucking ear. Right in the fucking ear. And then Tyler hits him back, and they start fighting. And they just basically have a nice fight in the parking lot. And they go back to Tyler's dump of a house... It's just a run-down, shitty house that you're surprised anybody could even live there. Yeah, it's just a husk of a house, yep. pretty much. Um, and Edward Norton's character starts living there. He just slowly adapts to his new lifestyle, yeah. having nothing but a bed and, you know, one maybe one or two changes of clothes. And some filthy fucking water. Yes, oh, poop water. Yeah, it's just straight poop water. It's fucking gross. <laughs> I don't know how you brush your teeth with that. Like, oh, or shower even. Yeah, which he brushes his teeth a couple times in the movie. And it's like, yeah, hey, just scrub the poop on your teeth, buddy. Uh, you're not... defeating the purpose yeah. there. Um, how much toothpaste you put on, it's not not helping. Yeah, so then we get kind of a little montage. They keep having these fights in this parking lot. Yeah, more um, and more people are getting involved. Yeah. And then this is where they initially start the Fight Club. Yeah. And before I want to go any more into this movie... I really want to stress to the viewers, or to, to the listeners, if you have not seen this movie... You're stupid for listening to this. You're stupid for listening right now, yes. Please go watch this. And if you have not had this movie spoiled for you, please, pause the show right now, yeah. go watch this, you will thank us later. You'd be very pissed off if, if we And if you've you survived that. this far with not knowing how this movie ends, you, you consider yourself lucky... And please go watch this movie. We will wait. It's not, you know. And if you survived listening to this many of this podcast and not know that we spoil the shit out yeah. of shit. This is spoilers, and this is one movie I'm telling you, you do yeah. not want spoiled. So please go watch this movie if you've never seen it. Um, with that being said, let's get back into this. Um, yeah. You can swallow a pint of blood before getting sick. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. Well, that's what I learned while watching this Oh, yeah, we're fighting. Yeah, okay. They're in a meeting, and Edward is uh, just... Sucking blood through his teeth, apparently. Oh, yeah. Because he's been getting the shit beat out of him every night. Yeah. yeah. But they initially work out an agreement with Lou, or the guy that runs the Lou's bar, um, to have the basement to start their fight club. Um, and they go down there one night, they got a group of guys, and this is where we learn the rules of fight club. Which are pretty simple. Pretty simple. First rule of fight club, you don't speak about fight club. Gavin, what's the second rule? Oh, the second rule of fight club? Yeah. Uh, you... Don't speak about Fight Club. <laughs> speak about Fight Club. 
And there's like six more, yeah, including the, like... Those vicious, are the most memorable ones, though. Yeah, those are the most memorable ones. There's like one that says... Kind of hard to forget. If you're your first time here, you have to fight. Um, there's no weapons. No shoes. No, no shoes. No shirts, yeah. Somebody says stop or goes limp. The fight ends, whatever. Two people at a time. Only one fight at a time, I guess. Yep. It's basic, simple rules, but <clears throat> yeah. the first two are the ones you have to abide by. Um, and we really see some nice fight scenes here. There's a lot of good fight scenes in this movie. These are really nicely shot. No quick, close cuts. You're really seeing some uh, good fighting here. Yeah. And some nice gore, kind of brutal fighting gore, I guess. Yeah, lots of blood, yeah. That's <laughs> pretty awesome. Bones cracking blood, yeah. Um, let me go back to their house. And Marla calls. Because her... Wait, no, this is uh, yeah, her telling shit. Can't remember what she says now. I don't remember what she said. I remember is she took Tyler. a bottle of Xanax. Oh yeah, she's dying. She's dying. Yeah, she's dying. And Tyler's in the background just practicing his nunchucks. Yeah, which you do. Yeah, I mean, just, and just that's like a typical. Saturday it's like night. yeah, it's you can clearly see him in the background. And you're trying to pay attention to the conversation. And all he's in the background is yeah, 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 and it's kind of funny. But um, that night. Uh, Edward goes to sleep and he dreams of banging her. Yeah. Well, he and just kind of leaves the phone off the hook. Yeah. Leave, oh off. yeah, he He's leaves like, the phone there. It, she'll die. Off. You know, it'll be a better place without her. Fuck it. Right. You know? And he sleeps and dreams of just railing the shit just out of her. Really slamming it to her. Yeah. And in the morning, Marla's there. Yeah. In the house. He's like, "What the fuck? How'd you get here?" Um. Apparently during the night, well, Tyler picked up the phone, heard what was going on. Yeah. And went and saved Marla. And fucked her breast. Yeah, and we see their scene with the line. We'll get to some funny stories about this line, but uh, Marla rolls off Tyler and says, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Pretty disturbing. Yeah. But, yeah. There's actually, actually a funny story behind that line. We'll get to that here at the end of the episode. But it's basically another montage again of Tyler and Marla fucking like maniacs. Yep, As yep. Edward, you know, just kind of goes about his daily life. Well, he kind of starts falling apart right here. Yeah. Or, I I guess you could call it being freed, or yeah. in the terms of the movie, he's being freed. Mm-hmm. But uh, he hears him fucking, and then you never see Tyler and Marla in the same room. Yeah. Only when they're having sex. So it was like, are they just purely sexually attracted to each other? They don't want to see any each other outside of the bedroom? It's kind of odd. This pulls into a lot of the backstory, too, about yeah. Edward and his past. And, you know, said at one point, I feel like a six-year-old changing messages between mom and dad. Right. Because, oh. yeah, he had to do that with his original parents, right? Yeah. yeah he's like, I don't want to do this crap again. But then again, earlier in the movie, uh, he said his dad left when he was six, so. Yeah. Kind of strange. Yeah. But. So a little later on here, shortly after that, got we learned. about the apartment. Cap calls about the apartment. Um, Says they found traces of uh, something and that it's only... The traces of red residue are only left behind by uh, homemade dynamite. Okay. Right. And then this is where Tyler says, we're going to make soap. Yeah. And we kind of learned how they make soap. By stealing fat from the liposuction clinic. Which is a great idea. Yeah, this is a fucking gross scene, too. Yeah. Which... Super easy place to sneak into first. Yeah, you just need a rug. Just need a rug over the barbed wire, climb up it, 
perfect. Um, and they're stealing these giant bags of fat, and one rips and spills, and it's just fucking gross. Just all the gloopy, gloppy noises. Yeah. Um, and they go back home. And, slime and fake blood. Yeah. Tyler is kind of showing him how to make the soap, and there's a really intense scene where he burns Edward's hand with lye. Well, he kisses his hand. You know, kisses his like hand first. And then pours a bunch of fucking lye on yeah, it. Yeah. And great chemical burn. Yeah. yeah. And it's sure just lie. sizzling, bubbling on his hand, and it's just kind of, a little hard to watch if you're, a, you know, you're a little squeamish. But yeah, just basically, I can see that being a problem. It wasn't hard for me if you're looking at me like that. No, I thought it was cool, but some people might have a problem with it, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's just basically telling him, "Pain's on your head. You just gotta, you know, let yeah. shit happen." He tries Whatever. to go to his cave. Mm-hmm. Don't work. go there. Look at this. Visualize it. Chakra cave. We never even got into that. One of the support groups he went to was uh, opening your chakra doors and fucking meditation and all that shit. He goes to a cave with his power animal, which is just a penguin. Fucking penguin. <laughs> Slide. <laughs> and all through while he's just burning his hand, he Tyler shows him, and he has the same burn, yeah. so he's he knows what he's going through. Um, and during this time, they find out well. How they're going to distribute the soap once they make it. They're going to sell it right back to the skinny bitches they suck the fat from. Yeah. They're going to sell it to department stores. Selling their own fat asses back to them. Yep, exactly. And they're selling them at 20 bucks a bar, which is awesome because that's a lot of fucking money right there. Yeah. And then so, if you can imagine how much they're selling it for, you know. Right. Um, then I have here, he runs into Bob after giving Marla a mammogram. Yeah, Marla Collins says her tits falling off, or rotting off. Oh, yeah. And they have a little tender scene, which is kind of weird, and then Edward's like, you know, what the fuck's going on, so he just takes off. Just fucking leaves, and then he runs into Bob. Yeah, bitch tip Bob. And he, doesn't Bob come to Fight Club? Well, Bob starts telling him, oh, yeah, Bob had been to Fight Club, yeah. Yeah. And then him and Bob have a fight. Yeah. Bob just kind of beats the shit out of him, doesn't he? He's got another scene where he gets drowned in big bitch tip Bob. (laughs) Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Literally, like, suffocating in his giant <laughs> And then, this is the... Is this where they're starting to have the guys come live with them now? Or is this a little later? So they're starting to have what? The guys from the fight club come to the house and live with them. No, that's a little later. A little later? Okay. Well, because he's walking around. Uh, Tyler Durden's walking around. And he's... Saying so many, he mentions rock stars. Well, he says, you know, we all expected to grow up and be, you know, movie stars and rock stars. Rock stars. And as he says rock stars, he looks right at Jared Leto. Yeah, which is pretty funny. It's funny. Because <laughs> if you don't know, Jared Leto is the lead singer for the band 30 Seconds to Mars. So it's kind of a little, I don't know, his little hidden gem there in the movie. Yeah. And when, this is the scene where uh, Lou comes in. Yeah. Lou shows up and beats Tyler up. And the whole time, Tyler's laughing. Yeah. Fucking psychotic. And awesome. Yeah, it was a good scene. I like that one. Just kind of freaks the fuck out. Yeah, it freaks the fuck out of Lou. And they basically, he agrees to keep letting him use the basement. Because Tyler kind of give a little jab to Lou. or No, he just like jumped on him and started shaking his blood bleeding from his face all over him. Oh, yeah. You don't know what I have. (laughs) You don't know where I've been. Yeah, that was a really good scene. That. And then at the end of that night, that's where uh, he gives out the first assignments. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And their first assignment 
instructions of everybody in the fight club is to start a fight with a random stranger. And lose. And lose. And this is like one of the funniest montages I've ever seen because it's so hard to start a fight with a random stranger. Yeah. Most people avoid fights. I mean, like the one guy just like, he's washing his uh, driveway, sidewalk. sidewalk or whatever with the hose and he just keeps spraying people with it trying to start a fight. And they're just like, dude, what the fuck, get away. Funny because the guy he ends up starting a fight with is a priest. Yeah. See the collar on mm-hmm. him. And so it's like you have to fight but then lose too, so that's funny. Um And then we go back to Edward Norton, he's in his office with his boss. Yeah, this is his assignment. It's, it's kind of. I mean I thought of this as like his portion of doing the assignment. Yeah. He basically beats himself up yeah, in his boss's office. Throwing himself at through glass tables and fucking shelves and shit. Yeah, and he ma- he also mentions that he thinks of his first fight with Tyler at this moment. Yeah. That's... Which is Remember that. Yeah. Um, we won't go any more into that, but remember that. Um, so he gets, not fired, but uh, he, gets he gets to work from home now with uh, complete pay for a year or so with uh, essentially gives their fight club complete corporate sponsorship. Yeah. He gets fax machine, gets telephone. Yep, gets because out. he's on his ground all bloody when the security guards come yeah. in and the boss has his hands like he was just beating him up. He's pretty so, much got his nuts in a vice. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Way to stick it to the man. Yeah. Um, well, that, go, he had all kinds of info on how the company's, you know, shitty. Oh, yeah. He was going to expose the, comp- the yeah. company they work for, yeah. And then Tyler's giving more homework to each man of her. It's basically just going around the city and causing mayhem. Yeah, just fucking Fuck shit. shit up. Um, isn't this the coffee shop gets destroyed at this point? Uh, no, no, no. That's, no, no, that's later. later. Yeah. But, yeah, they just... Oh, they're... They do, like, blow up a computer store and feed a blow bunch of birds. Blow up a computer store, and then they burn the smiley face into the side of the building, right? That's, yeah, that's a touch later. That's after everybody moves in. Okay. Oh, yeah. that hasn't happened yet. And then Tyler and Edward go and rob this liquor store owner at gunpoint. No, they don't really rob him. They don't rob Well, they take his they ID. They just drag his ass outside. Yeah. They take his ID and tell him, you know, go out of here, do it. What did, you, what did you dream of doing? Go do it. Why are you here? Don't come back here and all that stuff. And in six weeks, if you're not on your way to becoming a veterinarian, you're going to fucking die. That's pretty much... That's why you kept the ID. You know? Yeah. Like, we will come find you, you, you if you don't fucking go to achieve your life goal, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Way to, you know, forcibly get somebody to do something that they yeah, Because do. they're not going to have any other fears at that point. Right. It's like, well, if I don't do this, I'm going to die. So <laughs> I guess I should do that. So this is when they start recruiting the members of the fight club to come live with them. Yeah, um, this is when the applicants start rolling. They, they basically just have to come stand at the doorway and Tyler and Edward just berate the <laughs> fuck out of them. And as they, if they last three days standing there with no food, water, whatever, they can come in and live there. And start training. Yeah, it's Tyler slowly building an army um, working toward his group Project Mayhem. This is where Project Mayhem starts off. Yeah. And that's where the smiley face happens. Yep. And then they get disguised as waiters at this banquet or whatever. Yeah. And they kind of policeman's ball essentially. Policeman. Okay. They kind of like that. They don't necessarily kidnap. They just kind of hijack and torture the police chief in the bathroom. Well, they drag him back and threaten to cut off his balls unless oh, he, yeah. you know, stops the investigation. Because they were looking into who burned up that building, right? Yeah. Yeah. This whole time, fucking Ed's watching getting kind of sickened with what's all going on, you know? Right. 
this is too far for him already. Yeah. And then the next scene is probably one of the most awesome ones where Ed fights Jerry Little's character, Angel Face. Yeah. And like you said, he's getting fed up with stuff. He just wants yeah. to destroy something. And he feels like, uh, it seems like he feels like his place is kind of being replaced by this guy. Yeah. He wants to destroy something beautiful. He wants to breathe smoke. Just fucking, so he has a fight with Angel yeah. Face. Fucking pummels the shit out of him. Yeah, to beyond end of fight fight. <laughs> just brutal. Which, I mean, is breaking the rules of Fight Club right there. Yeah, but um, is anybody going to tell the, you know, creator of Fight Club that he's breaking the rules? I don't know. You got rules for a reason, right? It's true, but still. Um, I mean, they're, you know, living in anarchy, but it's like an organized anarchy. Yeah. That doesn't work ever. So when he finally gets off me, it's just Angel Face's face is a bloody, crumbled mess. You can't yeah. make much of it, and then you get to see a little later. Yeah. We'll get to it. Meat pie. Uh, <laughs> Tyler and, and the narrator then have a verbal fight after that. And then Tyler basically says, Yo, I blew, why do you think I blew up your condo? Yeah, this is the drive off. Yeah, this is when they have their car wreck. Yeah. He, he just tells them, Let go of the wheel. Um, they had wreck. Tyler laughs. Again. Yeah, it's a near life experience. Near life experience. Not death, near life experience. Um, Edward wakes up the next day. Tyler's gone. Yeah. But the army's still there. And this is when we see Angel Face and his disfigured as fuck face. Yeah, he is just torn up. Straight looks like he could have came out of the Hills Have Eyes. Just swollen, lumpy. Have you seen Hills Have Eyes? No, but I've seen previews of it. Okay. Oh, the original or the remake? Both. Love you. Previews of both. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you watch them at some time? Just no. Okay. No. I never had. Because uh, Hills is definitely on the list. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. The original one. Sweet. Maybe the remake. Um, and this, at this point, Edward's kind of just starting to lose it a little bit. He's like, what is going on? Uh, he's, he's lost it a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a lot by now. Marla shows up. He tells her Tyler's gone. Yeah, he's not Tyler's here. Tyler's not here. He left. So she looks pretty sad and turns around and leaves. Yeah. And uh, there's a whole huge clusterfuck. This is when uh, people start yelling and dragging people in. Yep. And, and they start bringing in this big lump of body yeah. and we flash back to see what just happened um, they were doing a job two birds with one stone yep. knock out a piece of corporate art and destroy a coffee shop yep and a cool story about this coffee shop we'll get to later but yeah during all this the cops chase after him and they shoot Bob yeah two people shot one guy got shot in the oh, arm one guy got shot in the arm yeah but they shoot Bob, Bob shot in right in the head and Bob dies Super gory scene where you just see the back of the head just yeah. gone and dripping blood. And, and they take the ski mask off and you can just hear a puddle of fucking gore splat. <laughs> Fuck it They're like, we gotta bury him. And he's like, no, we can't just leave him here. His, his, he's a person. Name, he's, he's my a person. friend. He's my friend. His name is Robert Paulson. And but we don't have names, sir. We don't have names. And Wait, I think I get it. <laughs> In death. Members of Project Mayhem have names, and his was Robert Paulson. And they all just start chanting, his name is Robert Paulson. Uh, kind of cult, cult, cult activity-ish. Yeah. At this point, it's a full-blown cult. It is. Yeah. Um, so the narrator just runs up to Tyler's room, finds all these plane tickets, and starts flying across the country looking for Tyler. Just having deja vu in every city. Yep. And 
fight clubs here, fight clubs there. It's, it's, it's gone world, pretty much nationwide now. Yeah. Um, Major citywide, anyways. No, Chicago so- is one of them. That doesn't surprise me. That's a shithole. <laughs> oh, man. So, from learning this, basically we learned Tyler had been setting up fight clubs all over the place. Yeah. Um, and at one point, he gets to a bar... And he talks to the barkeep, and he says, he's like, have I been here before? And like, is this a test, sir? Is this a test? Like, no, this is not a test. And before I go any further, we're going to kind of stop here again and say, please, if you haven't seen this movie... Yeah, just fucking... Go watch it, because... Pillow this going is dry at this point, Aaron. Yep. Just let's you know, go for if, it. If you're listening at your own risk. So. so as he's asking this barkeep, you know, have I been here before? And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, you have. He's like... Who do you think I am? You think I am? He says, you're Mr. Durden. Just kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mind fuck of the century right there. So Edward, or the narrator, is Tyler Durden. <laughs> yeah. The Which narrator this is movie Tyler came Durden? on, just fucked with yeah. everybody. It was great. This is one of the, still, to this day, I mean, if you've never seen this, it's still one of the best twists in all movie. Um, narrator comes home, everyone's gone, finds Marla... Tells her how he feels about Marley. He says, oh, I love you. Tells her to leave town. Something's going to go down. Something big. And then Tyler shows back up. But at this point, you kind of wait. Think, wait, they're the same person, right? Yeah, how does this work? So he's really just seeing him in his head. He's envisioning him. Um, So Edward kind of goes, turns himself into the cops and tells him their plan, this big plan that he's been planning is to blow up major credit card company buildings. Erase all debt. Erase all the debt. Would be hilarious. Yeah, everybody would be reduced to zero, and it just caused mayhem. And Project Mayhem, I guess. Yeah, so one of the big cops leaves, and he's like, "We're gonna need to get some bigger intel on this." And then we learn the cops are part of. Project yeah, the rest mayhem. of the cops are like, "This is really, really admirable of you, sir." And they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have to chop off your balls now." <laughs> <laughs> yep. So they pin him down, and about to cut his balls off, and <laughs> he escapes out of that, and. Then he goes to one of the buildings that's... It's got the van and the base with all the nitroglycerin on it, yeah. and Tyler's there. There was a whole operation back in the house before everybody left it where they had all kinds of, like, folders and shit set up with all these buildings and addresses, and, and he's been carrying these around ever yeah. since then. He hasn't... He's losing papers all this time he's running yeah. around, but... But he still knows where the building is. He still knows where they are, So yeah. he goes to the nearest one of those buildings. Mm-hmm. And Tyler's there. Um... He finds a van that has the explosives. He shoots Tyler. Shoots at Tyler. Shoots at Tyler. Shoots the van. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Nothing happens, though. Yeah. Um, and then they fight. Kind of. I love this sh- fight scene. Yeah. They show them fighting, and then you see the security cameras, and it's literally... Just him fucking himself up. Yeah. And <laughs> Throwing himself downstairs. Like dragging himself across the parking lot, and he's just kind of slowly backpedaling across. Yeah. Um, when they cut to the scene with the stairwell, though, and you just see him run around the corner and just yeah, kind of, like, jump down it. Yeah. It's like, no um, <laughs> At some point, they go to the upper floor, and this is where we kind of catch the opening scene. Yeah. This is, you know, it's come full circle now. Um, Edward Norton's in the chair while Tyler uh, holds a gun to him. Yeah. And he starts to realize, wait a minute, we're the same person, so the gun... Is in my hand, yeah. and he looks down, and what do you know? He's got the gun in his hand. It doesn't change anything. Yeah, until he holds the gun to his own head, yeah. and then shoots himself in the mouth. Yeah, and, that was another cool slow motion scene. Yeah, 
just puts a barrel in his mouth and you can just see the cheek like puff out as it fucking yep. and the cool because the lighting too the muzzle flash you can see like yeah. the veins in his cheek as it puffs out it's really really super funny. awesome yeah well done yeah. um and Tyler's just like <laughs> and then falls over and realizes the bullet went through his head so yeah so by Tyler. shooting yourself in the head yeah Tyler <laughs> dies you kill your imaginary friend yep and then some of the slaves show up um, Marla's there. Don't call them slaves. Well, you know, they're willing per- call henchmen, members, henchmen, members, whatever you want to call yeah. them. They show up and they have Marla with her, and you know, and how he, how he's not literally dead from this, I don't know. He's just got a fucking giant bullet hole at the side of his head. Yeah, at the side. Though. He's like, it's okay. Every we gotta get out of here. Everything's gonna be okay. And then, boom, the bombs go off, and they just kind of look out the window as the buildings just crumble. Yeah. They hold hands. That. Yep. And the credits cool. roll with the awesome song Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. Yeah. So just an awesome ending. Yeah. And then there's a quick another shot of a dick pic. Yep. Maybe. Really drawn out one. Mm-hmm. Could have gone without seeing that. <laughs> yeah. It just basically ends with society crumbling, kind of, the, with all the buildings falling, you know. Well, not crumbling, but just being reset. Reset, yeah. So. Yeah, that's Fight Club. So if we ruined it for you, that's your fault. Oh, fucking so, shit. Yep. <laughs> Don't hate us. But yeah. Um, you want to take it on this one? I always do. Always do? All right. This is my turn. Um, the music is awesome. Love the soundtrack. But okay, this came, I have to kind of lay out where I was when this happened. This is 1999, so this is <laughs> when I was in my what, junior year of high school, maybe sophomore, junior year of high school. And, you know, I had just chock full of fucking angst. So this had a huge, you know, effect on my growing process, I guess. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) So, yeah, the music was just on point. (laughs) Loved it. The acting's really good. It's got a great cast. Um, The story itself is fun. I mean, if you haven't seen the movie and it hasn't been ruined for you, you never see that shit coming. Mm. I mean, it is, like we were saying, one of the, one of the best, uh, twists. Twist. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried watching it again that it was really going to be, uh, not hold up, I guess. Mm. And I gotta say, I was wrong. I, I gave this a 10 out of 10. I, really? Okay. This is one I, I like. I, I'd watch it again. All right. I mean, I'd, yeah, if it were on TV, I'd sit down and watch it. I mean, Fair enough, yeah. It's a damn good flick. Yeah. I enjoyed it. What about you? All right. Um, I, I'm going to first off agree with you right away. This is a killer soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, 90s alt, you know, music, just fucking awesome. Um, it's a really great adaptation. This is based on a book by Chuck Palahniuk, yep. if I'm saying that right. Maybe. Um, super well written. The, the dialogue's great. Like I said, this is a David Fincher film. This is the second one of his we've talked about with him. Everything's got to be perfect. So They're usually pretty good. Yeah. The acting was great. Um, I, I usually don't like Helena Bonham Carter. I know she's like Tim Burton's main bitch, but yeah. well, she did really good in this movie. I really liked her in this movie. Yeah, I guess. Um, uh, well, yeah, we'll get to that, I guess. It's got some cool... CGI type shots at certain points. Not a 3D. The twist, the twist in this, is just epic. Yeah. Like we were discussing this, this is definitely in the top ten 
list of twists of all time. Some people it could even be number one. Um, but once you watch it and you go back to watch it again, it's almost like a different movie kind of because you know what's coming and you really start to see uh, similar or not similarities, but you kind of you kind of will see it in the earlier points in the movie how when he first meets Tyler, they're literally exact opposites. Yeah, Tyler is the person he's always wanted to be, and you kind of really get to see that like oh he's making this guy up as he goes. So yeah. it's a different movie. Um, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. It's damn good. I highly recommend it. Um, it's like I said, it just it once you watch it the first time, it's not gonna be the same experience. And but that's one it's thing. It's still going to be a really good movie to watch. Yeah, that's one thing that I really love about this movie. Watching it again is, I mean, there's so much new stuff you pick up on. Yeah. Like little things here and there that you've never noticed. Right. Like I, you know, I'd seen this several times beforehand, but I'm still catching stuff this time watching it through. But this is definitely one that, you know, it's not a, just a one watch and forget about. It. You can definitely watch this over and over again. It's yeah. just a great film. Um. Yeah, to, you know, get the kids out of bed and <laughs> sit down and grab some popcorn. <laughs> yep. Watch Brad Pitt plow fucking hell. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> but yeah, there's some uh, fun trivia here. Um, there's a scene early in the movie, a short scene where Brad Pitt and Edward Norton are drunk and hitting golf balls um, into the dark distance. distance yeah they are really drunk and they are really hitting golf balls into a catering truck so i just maybe it was just them just having fun on set one night and just decided to record to film it. it yeah uh originally um sarah michelle geller was cat was supposed to be cast to play uh marla's character but uh apparently she was too busy with buffy to do that and i i i've I don't think she would have done yeah, it. I don't think it would have been. This is not the movie for her. So not have worked. Um, in the scene where they first start fighting, where uh, Edward hits Tyler in the ear, he really did hit Brad Pitt in the ear. Legitimately. Uh, he was originally going to fake it, but beforehand David Fincher told him and said, yo, hit him in the ear. And if you pay attention closely after he hits him, you can see uh, Edward Norton smiling and laughing while Brad Pitt's just walking around like in pain. So it's kind of funny. It's not. It's not cool to do to your actors, though. But, yeah. Yeah, just really fucking deck them. But the movie's called Fight Club. You know, you think you're gonna get banged up a little bit. No, but... you don't. Not on a movie set. <laughs> you never know. They're like some of the um, safest places in the world. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier. The scene where Marla says, "I haven't been fucked like that since grade school." Funny story about this. She, the original script was to have her saying, "I want to have your abortion." And then the picture, Fox 2000 president, Pictures president told the David Fincher, you need to change it. And he's like, I'll change it, but the new line, you can't cut it. And she's like, okay. And then he came up with, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. And the president was like, she was even more angry, but then realized, oh, you can't change it now. So It's in the contract now. Uh, Way to fuck over your yep. producer. <laughs> and... One cool thing, if you really, really want to pay attention to detail, there's supposed to be a Starbucks coffee cup visible in every shot of this movie. Which I've never looked for, but... Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's people out there desperate enough to. Yeah. So That's a lot of... Uh, and that's a lot of attention to detail, that's that is. Do you think there was one guy on set who was just the Starbucks guy? Just probably. place it around. Yeah. I don't know how much he got paid. Probably more than we're getting paid. Probably. <laughs> it's got to be better than working at Starbucks, though. Yeah. 
But yeah, so that will do it for Fight Club. And we're going to take a break here and come back with the B-side. The B-side, yeah, so stay tuned. And now another random recommendation from Gavin. This week I'll be reviewing a book called Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. This book takes place in a dystopian future where most of the world escapes their horrible lives by jacking into a virtual world called Oasis. Our protagonist, Wade Watts, is on a quest to uncover the Easter eggs that the creator of Oasis hid. It's a fun adventure, chock full of puzzles, aiding nostalgia, with everything from Pac-Man to D&D. It's action-packed and has a bit of a dark side, if you ask me. Also, it's currently being adapted into film, with Spielberg at the helm, so, you know, get on the ground floor before that comes out. You know, read the book so you can hate the movie when it comes out. It's addictive. I sat down and read the entire thing in one day, but it's fun, adventurous, and if you like sci-fi, I'm pretty sure you're going to like it. And that's been my random recommendation for this week. Thanks. And welcome back to the B-side of the MFAB podcast. All right. Right, B-side. All right, today's B-side is uh, 1979's The Warriors. Cult classic, The Warriors. Cult classic. Directed by uh, Walter Hill. Based on the book by Saul Urich. And starring Michael Beck, James Remar, and Deborah Von Valkenberg. <laughs> Nobody you probably know. Well, you might know who James Dream was. James Dream so. Dexter's dad. Yeah. I'm sure he's done other shit, too. It's just... Yeah, probably. No, I've seen him in a bunch of other shit. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, let's kick it off hot and fresh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, we, we both uh, actually watched the Ultimate Edition. Right. So, there the are... The Ultimate Director's Cut, so, yeah. I'm not sure if uh, this is going to be... There's going to be parts we might talk about that might not be in the regular version. Mm-hmm. Like especially this opening. Yeah. Um, they kind of talk about these Greek warriors who had like, trapped 100 miles from sea, 100 miles from their home. And, yeah, surrounded on all sides by enemies. And this is a story of courage. Courage. Um, and then this, after that, it turns very eerie with darkness, and we see the Wonder Wheel on Coney Island. So you know this is going to take place in New York. In the comics, which uh, the transition between the comics and the movie, which yeah. start out right there, which I really loved them. Fuck, cool. Awesome. They're just fun to watch. Makes it feel more comic booky. Yeah. This whole time you see a train kind of coming through the darkness. Just eerie synthesizer music. Really, really. It's, uh, almost not music box, but uh, Calliope music. Something. Maybe, I don't know. You're the one who knows music, kind of. Yeah, kind of. It's really kind of eerie. It's I, awesome. I really love it, though. Yeah. It's the kind of music I sleep to. We just kind of get little flashes of this gang. Their members are talking one-on-one about, um, we see there's a meeting going down. Um, there's no no weapons allowed. They're just kind of talking about stuff. They're going to take a train to this meeting. And then we just kind of get a shot of all these different gangs. Yeah, this is a huge montage. Yeah, big um, montage with the opening credits. Yeah, kind of showing gang by gang, each having so many delegates, you know, all heading their way towards the big meeting, mm-hmm. which is in a park in the Bronx. Central Park. Is it Central Park? I, I'm pretty sure it's Central Park. Well, the park. train stops at, like, some weird park. 
It's well, if you see the map in the beginning, it shows yeah. the train route, and then it kind of stops at Central Park and then pans out. So, are you sure about that? I'm assuming it's Central Park. You could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I'm just going to assume it's Central Park. You know what they say? They're in Manhattan. Assume. They're in Manhattan. Anyways, at this park, um, a huge gathering of all these gangs, um, like just a shitload of extras to cover all these gangs. Um, and then we see the leader of the biggest gang of the city is named Cyrus. Leader of the Riffs. The Riffs. The Gramercy Riffs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, he kind of climbs up everybody's uh, hushes and he starts his speech. Um, basically tells them, can you count, suckers? And just kind of gives them numbers of how many there are they are to how many of the police there are and how we could overrun them. We just got to be one gang. Um, the classic one of the classic lines from this movie is "Can you dig it?" Yeah. Repeats that and then the big cheers. Can you dig it? <laughs> um, Cyrus reminds me of The Rock. Did, uh, did you get that vibe? Now that you got to ruin the movie for me, sure. Hey, he's a good talker. <laughs> His his speech is, I mean, and he, he yeah. does kind of look like him, too. I mean, minus his whole, you know, yeah. mullet or whatever yeah. he's got. Oh, God. Slick back hair. I don't know. I, he reminds me of The Rock. Oh, um, dear Lord. Everybody's cheering because, you know, they're totally buying into what Cyrus is saying. He wants all the gangs to come together as one and take over the city. Yeah, together they're, you know, 100,000 strong and the cops only, well, they say 60,000. 60,000, yeah. In the original movie poster, it said 100,000, yeah. But yeah, and while everybody's cheering, they kind of you see a shot of a gun getting passed around, and this one really creepy looking guy uh, grabs a gun, aims it at Cyrus, and shoots him. Yeah, and Being Cyrus, a real dick, real dick. Um, and this is when the cops flash their lights, and everybody just fucking scatters. And one of the warriors, Fox, sees this guy who shot him. Um, we find out uh, later his name's Luther. He's a leader of the gang, the Rogues. Yeah. Oh, he's not. The, I don't think he's a leader. Yeah. He acts like he's the leader. Yeah. Because throughout the movie, he's talking to someone on the phone. Yeah. So he might not be the leader, but he pretty much acts like he's in charge, and he's a real dick. But yeah, he's a piece of shit. Fox is basically staring him down, and he aims a gun at Fox. Aims a gun at Fox, and, and lights come on. Lights come on. Yeah. And then Luther shouts, it's the Warriors, the Warriors did it, the Warriors did it. And they just kind of, it's just madness at this point. Everybody's running around trying yeah. to get out of there. The leader Warrior. of the Warriors wanted to go check on Cyrus and see what's up. Yeah, and that's when uh, Cleon. Yeah, and that's when uh, Luther was all, the Warriors did it, the yeah. Warriors did it. And that's when uh, Cleon gets absolutely fucking murdered. Yeah, you don't see it, but yeah, it's... It's heavily implied. Heavily implied, yeah. I mean, you so, have like at least 13 dudes like all elbowing him. Yeah. In the head. So right, right there, the Warriors went from nine guys down to eight. Yeah. Cleon's gone. Um, and they kind of regroup and they bust through a fence and escape to the cemetery. Um, and we start to learn more of their names. Yeah. Instantly, one of the members, Swan. Uh, Swan's war chief. I'm gonna take over his war chief. <clears throat> and Ajax, one of the other members, is like, "Who the fuck made you war chief?" Yeah. In the book, his name is Lunkface. Yep. Good old Lunkface. <laughs> They almost have a fight, but yeah. everybody's like, chill, we need to get Pissing back. on the test, pretty much. Yeah. He was stronger. Yeah. Swan never fucking smiles in this movie, by the way. No, no, he is a <clears throat> cold-faced motherfucker. Cold-faced. <laughs> big time. Stone-faced. There we go. Yeah. Um, 
So they're kind of chilling in the cemetery in the oh, flesh. One thing about this is uh, they're like, yeah, it's got to be at least 150 to 100 miles between here and there. I looked yeah. it up. It's 28.1 miles from the Bronx to Island. One of the other members, Vermin, he's a total dumbass. But it's just one thing I looked up and said, I was like, it can't be a fucking 50 miles. No. <laughs> they uh, they take off towards the train station because they're like, we got to get back to Coney Island, which is where they're from. Um, and then we kind of do one of those transitions over to the rifts. Yeah. They're at the their little hideout. They want to know who the fuck the warriors are. The warriors are. They're. Uh, I love. I love how he addresses them. The leaders like rifts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> fucking awesome. Um, they're an all black gang, right? I. There's not one white guy in that gang, is there? I'm not sure. I don't see one. So I was a couple light skinned guys, but I'm pretty sure they were all black guys. Yeah, you know, I really don't see race, Aaron. <laughs> I'm not saying it like that. Come on. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's uh, funny because uh, in the original script, uh, the Warriors were supposed to be an all black gang, but yeah. the producers didn't want that. So the Warriors are, are, you know, a melting pot, but yeah. yeah. Um, White and black. Basically, the leader of the Rifts, now that Cyrus is gone, is like, we want to know who the Warriors are, and basically puts a bounty out on them. Um, this is where I meet the DJ. We don't really meet her. We, we just kind of see her lips. Her Fucking horse mouth she has. Ouch. <laughs> she's got big-ass teeth, man. Yeah. She does. Got some DSLs, too. I'm just saying, she's got a big mouth. Um, she lips. basically calls out the... rest of the, the gang's telling them. It's, and you know, plays them a song. Yeah, nowhere to run. Awesome song. <laughs> and then we kind of have a montage of all the gangs arming up and heading out on the prowl. Going out to play. And just, you know, another white shot of how many gangs are and all the... There's some cool-looking gangs. Yeah. They're awesome. I personally like the hi-hats. hi-hats. We never see them, except for the splash scenes. I'm really sure we got an actual scene with them. True. But, yeah, the hi-hats are dressed up like mimes, basically, right? Yeah, mimes with top hats. (laughs) (laughs) They're fucking awesome. Uh, So the warriors are kind of hiding in the darkness, waiting for this train to arrive. That's when. Oh, lost. they go through the rain, which I have an interesting thing about the rain. Yeah. Uh, the only reason that rain scene is in there, that two second rain scene, is because like the director of photography <laughs> wanted to get certain lighting effects, so that's why he put that in there, and that way he could just wet down the streets, or if it rained later, it wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's why there's like a two second rain scene when they yeah. go over bridge. Yeah, because they're like completely stops. dry after that. Yeah. They don't stay wet very long. No, not at all. But yeah, they're. Waiting in the shadows for this train to arrive, and this bus comes driving down the road yeah. with Turnbull ACs just hanging off this all sides with sticks and bats and pipes and whatever. Yeah. There's some skinhead fuckers. Basically. Yeah, fucking skinheads. Yeah. But not skinheads like we know them today. No. Just mean motherfuckers. Yeah. I mean, skinhead is widely associated with uh, neo-Nazis nowadays. I mean, there was clearly not there neo-Nazis no. in there. No. Um, but right when the fucking bus comes by, they make a turnaround, and this is when their train comes. Yeah. And they gotta make a run for it. And this is when the ACs see them, and they just start a hooting and hollering. Bashing their clubs against the yeah. thing. And they chase after them. Um, Ajax is slow as shit. It can be He's slow right. when you're strong, you know? But it's not just this. We'll, I'll get to it later. He's always bringing up the rear. Not like he's just right on everybody's ass. No, he's a good 10, 15 feet behind everybody. So he's really slow. I thought that was kind of, you know, he's pretty weak. First guy who looks like he's so strong. Well, 
he is strong. S- slow. I mean, he literally stops and flicks him off before. Yeah, yeah. They make it to the ramp and uh, he flips him off as they drive by and run up the ramp and they hop on the train just as it leaves and they get get out of the ACs. So, and they're all like, "Ooh!" Once they're on the train, they all start talking shit. Like, yeah. Ah, we could have bopped those motherfuckers, man. We had them. Like, oh, you didn't say that when you were hiding in the shadows from them back there, you fucking pussies. Yeah, there ends up being a lot of that in the movie. Yeah. Like, we could have taken those pussies. We could have taken those pussies. Why the fuck didn't you? Yeah. Um, and then they're like, ah, we're home free. We're just going to take this to Union Square, hop on our train, and go back to Coney. Well, easy peasy. Yeah, except there's a fire on the tracks, and they have to get off. Yeah. <laughs> And then as they get off, they're like, shit, what do we do now? So then we kind of flash over and see Luther, the leader of the rogues. They're, uh, he's making his phone call. Yeah. And then they're at this like little candy shop. Or yeah, newsstand. Newsstand. They basically just take what they want. And the, Back when they had newsstands. Yeah. The girl working behind the counter is like, you got to pay for that. And he's like, for what? <laughs> Throws it at him. Like, Loser, Luther's an asshole. He's a real piece of shit. Yeah, you yeah. really are going to hate this guy if you see this movie. Well, we all know an asshole named Luther. Do we? No. no I don't know anybody <laughs> don't either. Luther. We do know an asshole named Tyler, though. Yeah, we do. Yeah. But just... Yeah, and, uh, and Fight Club, yeah. So everybody knows an asshole named Tyler. Yep. Anyways, we cut back to the Warriors now. They're walking down the street. On someone else's turf. Someone else's turf. The Orphans. Oh, and... This is what I wrote down for here. Meet David Schwimmer. Yep, I wrote it down too. David Schwimmer? <laughs> the leader of the orphans looks like a just broken down David Schwimmer. Yeah, like a messed up With a fucking lazy eye to, you know, wreck all lazy eyes. Uh, they're just this dirty, gross gang. They literally only have jeans and a green t-shirt that says orphans on it. Yeah. But like stencil painted. <laughs> apparently they have a lot of numbers. They're just very little weak pussies. Oh, like they're yeah. They all suck. Yeah. So. And they kind of are like, yo, we're just walking through. And they're like, okay, you can walk. Don't start no shit. This is when we meet Mercy. Yeah, this is when titties comes yeah, out. Mercy and her tits. Yeah. She has a shirt on, Yeah, but it's not covering much. Yeah, she's not wearing a bra. You can see every contour of her. Fucking flat Just hang. I'm going to make that a shirt. <laughs> She basically, you know, kind of riles up the orphan dude and says, yo, you can walk, but you got to take off your colors. And they're like... She wants a vest. Yeah, she wants a vest. And they're like, nope. <laughs> Swan <laughs> just fucking stole stone faces shit. Um, the warriors don't back down. They just kind of keep marching as the orphans yeah. run off and go and get reinforcements or whatever. Take off at this point. But, uh, yeah, Mercy follows the warriors. Mm-hmm. Well... Yeah, well, she follows him, yeah. Yeah. And then she loses track of him. And then, and then they sneak up behind her and almost rape her. Yep. Ajax grabs her. Yeah, there was a lot. <laughs> this movie was a bit more rape- rapey than I remember. Oh, yeah, but... way more rapey. Um, the orphans show up when they have mercy and they've got more people. <laughs> I got Return of the Schwimmer. <laughs> Return of the Schwimmer. <laughs> um, they grab a Molotov. One or, who was it? Uh, one uh, of the Snow. Dudes, Snow had a Molotov. Yeah. And they just kind of rip a piece of Mercy's skirt yeah. and light it and throw it at a car. It's not like she needs a skirt. No. She's like, the, <laughs> yeah, during that scene, they're like, oh, we ought to pull the train on you. You ought to like it. Yeah. <laughs> they, oh, yeah, I wrote that down later. Like, they, it's just, it's just a lot of them just ripping on Mercy. Yeah, they give her so much shit. <laughs> so much shit. 
By the way, this movie's in New York, right? Yeah. Her and Vermin are the only two people that actually have a strong New York accent. If you think about it. All the other characters yeah. don't sound at all like they're from New York. I never even thought about that. Yeah. She has more like a Jersey accent, but... Yeah. yeah. Or the dude of the, the leader of the orphans did, too. But everybody else doesn't sound at all like they're in New York. So, I just wanted to point that out. Um, the car blows up, the orphans take off, and the warriors take off, and they make their train. Uh, the train that they need to ride out of there, not the train they're going to run on Mercy. But Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're waiting on the train to leave. That's when we cut over to Luther again, right? Not yet. Or if we did, it was just another make another quick call. Yeah, and then, because they're going to try cutting off the warriors at that point. That's what oh, he says there. Yeah, we'll cut them off at the station or whatever. He's like, well, the cops are looking for L gangs. And he's like, well, they're looking for us too. Yeah. yeah. He's like, why are you so excited? excited? And he's like, well, I'm having a good time. <laughs> he's fucking weird, man. He's a squirrely little rat face. He's fucking scary. He was scary weird. But yeah, so the warriors are waiting on the train. And then the cops kind of show up. And they got to run for it. Yeah. Ajax brings up the rear once again. Um, Fox yeah, this is... took off with Mercy, and then one of the cops catches him. They have a tuffle. Have a tuffle on the train deck, whatever you call it, platform. Yeah. And the cop tosses him in front of this moving train. And the cop murders. The cop murders him. Oh, just. A brutal way to die, being thrown in front yeah, of a train. He didn't yeah. even hesitate to do it, though. He's like, oh, there's a train coming? I'll train? throw this kid on it. Fuck you. <laughs> it's like... um, and this is where the Warriors kind of get split up. Uh, yeah, everyone kind of the members, Rembrandt, Cochise, and Vermin. Cochise, whatever. They all hop on the train to Union Square. Um, Ajax, Swan, Snow, and Cowboy uh, run out of the station and this is where they meet my favorite gang. The best gang. The best game. gang. The baseball Furies. Yeah, the baseball Furies. Um, and the chase is on after this. They're the, the reason they're the best gang is because they literally don't say a fucking nope. word. Just they, dead face stare at them. They're and dressed up like the New York Yankees in just pinstripe uniforms and blue hats. Faces. Faces. And they don't say anything. And everyone has a fucking baseball bat. Yep. <laughs> and they're and just spaced out, so there's, like, nowhere to run. You can't go any direction, really. They're all just kind of mm-hmm. there. Well, they chase them through the streets first. Yeah. With an epic music at this point. Yeah. The music behind this chase scene is just so awesome. I love it how they get, like, a little way down the street, and I'm like, oh, did we lose them? And I look back, and you just see the dude fucking... <laughs> their teeth coming are up from clenched, the and just <laughs> running. Oh, man, they look so cool. At the, at the one they remind... The guy... The main guy running looks like the lead singer from Avatar. Does he? Yeah. I've seen Avatar. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not, they're a smaller band, but they're one of my favorite bands. I, I He looks like Johannes from Avatar, for any Avatar fans out there. It was actually a stunt crew, and all those men were in their 30s. Really? Yeah. Nice. Fun fact. Hmm. So they're still running. Um, they kind of split up. Yeah, because... Uh, Swan and... Renrat. No, Renrat was on the train. Swan and Swan, uh, and Swan and Cowboy? Swan and Snow. No, because Cowboy oh. and Ajax were... Yeah, Swan and Snow yeah. go off one way, and Ajax and Cowboy go the other way, and they, and they just kind of stay on Ajax and Cowboy. Yeah. So Swan kind of comes up from behind after that, takes one of them out and gets his bat. Um, Ajax and Cowboy are like, I can't run anymore. Well, okay, here's where you're wrong about Ajax. 
because the entire time they're running in that scene, Ajax is like kind of coaxing Cowboy along to get him to go faster. Yeah. And Cowboy's the one who's like, I can't run any further. He's like, Ajax is like, finally, I'm sick of fucking running from these pussies. <laughs> and he stops, and he that's stops. that's when the fight. Yep, and this is one of the awesome, probably the second best fight sequence in the movie. Yeah, I love this one. Yeah, um, it's nothing flashy. That's that's what no. makes it so great. It's just bare knuckle fighting with bats. Yeah, well, it's not bare knuckle if you have bats. So, <laughs> so it's bat fighting. Bat fighting with knuckles. And one of the most iconic lines from this movie, a lot of people remember this one. Yep. It's actually in the a list of top. 100 or whatever like badass like lines. 27 or something. Yeah. Is, uh, I'm going to take that baseball bat and shove it up your ass and to make you into a popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great line. Yeah. Um, and for the boy, the Furies being a big gang, the Warriors take them out. Yeah, they just wreck the shit just out wreck of them. them. Yep, it's cool, you know, they're using the bats, almost like it kind of cuts back to the, the Greek opening. Oh, this was kind of almost like the bats were like swords, and they were almost, you know, yeah. ancient sword fighting, but yeah. modern day with baseball bats. So it was a really, really good fight scene. Like I said, nothing flashy. And awesome, Warriors take them out. Yeah. Let me cut back to the rest of the group. And they just showed up at Union Square. The guys uh, meet some chicks. Yeah, that's where the Lizzie's. Liz- well, they don't find Liz- it out yet. They just kind of go over yeah. and talk to them. And they're like, what's up? And then we cut back to... The rest of the guys in the park, and they meet one chick. Yeah, this is where Ajax gets really rapey. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, I guess she doesn't know that it's not safe to be out at night." <laughs> he's like, I'm going to rape this woman. Yep, That's what he said pretty much. So Ajax, like, I'm gonna stay here and try and get it in, basically. Swan, Snow, and Cowboy walk up, and they uh, say, "We should go back and check on him." When they do. Find out that chick was a cop. I don't think she was a cop. I think she was, she just had a rape whistle. Oh. Was she? Yeah. She, well, she, she had, had handcuffs too, but that doesn't I'm mean she's she, a cop. It's true. She might have been if an she undercover. She was a cop. She might have had a piece or a badge or anything, but That's true. she just had a whistle and some handcuffs. Yeah, she was basically just bait. Yeah. Kinda. And she handcuffs Ajax first, to the bench because he gets really aggressive. At first, she seemed like she wanted to get it in, but then he yeah. got aggressive, and then she was like, "No, not having any part of that." Yeah. Handcuff, whistle. Cops. Cops. Uh, Snow and Cowboy see him get taken. Like, yeah, shit. he gets his ass handed to him by the cops. Him by the cops, yep. And for the movie, that's the end of Ajax. Yeah. He's sitting in jail now. Yep. Swan's by himself at this point, and he finds Mercy at the train station. And the cops kind of show while they're there, and they kind of jump down into the tracks and start outrunning the train. As they kind of cut from that back to the guys with the the, the chicks. The lezzies. Is it the lizzies or the lezzies? It's lizzies. lizzies. You can tell they're all lesbians. Yeah, so. They're all lesbians. I don't know how they didn't know this from the beginning. And, you know, obviously the hit on them has been out for a while, so you yeah. kind of know that these chicks are going to fuck them up. You know? Right. But they're like, hey, we're going to get laid. Well, Cochise and, Cochise and uh, Vermin are all excited. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Rembrandt is gay, because I I know he knows something's he's up. Cautious, but for being cautious, he doesn't even look, man. They kind of like touch him, and he's like, "You." <laughs> yeah, maybe he is gay. Like, he is watching the two chicks dance in the middle, though. 
Yeah, but he doesn't show any signs of, you know, being into it at all. What do you expect him to do? Whip it out and start jerking it? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, Seriously. at least, you know, maybe sit back and kind of eye him up a little bit. You know, you never know. Yeah. Still. He's the only one keeping a sharp eye. Yeah. Thinking whether so, there's one head. Yeah. The other Herman one. and Cochise are trying to get their swerve on, and uh, we flash back to Swan and Mercy. They're walking the tracks. <laughs> and this is still, Swan is just ripping on him. This calling is... her a whore the whole movie, basically. Yeah, this is where I wrote down, uh, Swan equals the king of negging. <laughs> he literally makes her beg for it and yeah. then, and then mm-hmm. turns her down. They make out and then they basically says, no, you can't do this. And she's just like, come on, please. And he's like, no can do. And he you just have walks a away. strapped to your back. You're yep. a whore. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Swan just walks away. Yeah. Um, when we cut back to the Lizzie's, Lizzie's. <laughs> they uh, lock all the doors, they attack, but they don't, because, like, one girl whips out a gun, and they all just kind of run and hide behind her. Did you notice that? Yeah, kind of. Well, yeah. you know, you stand behind the one with the gun. Yeah. That way you don't get shot, and that and way then, they do. Uh, well, this basically gets the lets the guys escape. Yeah. R- Rembrandt gets cut. One of them had a knife. Yeah. Rembrandt has a cut on his hand. The only guy not getting a swerve on gets yeah. cut. Yep. <laughs> like, bullshit. He's kind of... <laughs> He's really worthless to the group, honestly. Yes, he he's not much he's, of a fighter. He's just there for tagging, yeah. to be honest with you. He's just there to lay down their tags. Um, in a later fight, he doesn't do jack shit. Yeah, nothing. He's but, he's, he's really scrawny. He's really, he looks like he's 12 almost. Yeah, probably. But uh, we cut back to Swan walking through the train station by himself. I laughed at one of the signs for the stores there. I didn't get it. The sign for one of the stores was the subway shop for women. Okay. Is there just a subway shop specifically for women? Like, this food is just for women? Like, no men can eat here? Was it a food shop or was it a it's store? A subway shop. I don't know. Oh, what, like... Subway, I thought of sandwiches. Maybe, um, they were maybe, in a subway, though. Oh, yeah, it's true. It could be a shop, but... I mean, they I spend a lot of time... That's my, you know, badass thinking about food all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I listened to thought. I thought subway sandwiches. I'm like, oh, okay. Instantly think sandwiches. No, that makes a lot more sense. I look like an idiot. Okay. You sound like one. Anyways. Swan is still by himself, and they That's meet up. punks now. roll in. Yep. Well, one of them's there. He's well, just yeah. He's in the background. And the other guys, they all meet, kind of meet up there somehow. Well, first Mercy comes up and she's like, those guys are eyeing you over there, the yeah. punks. And he's like, I know that, but now they know I know. Yeah. And that's when the, other, the rest of the gang pretty much shows up in yep. the background. Um, and they all go in the bathroom. Kind of nonchalantly gives them the go over to the restroom. You know? the they all go in there and Mercy's all freaked out about going, I can't go in there, that's the guy's bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of grab her and yank her in. Um, Too bad. And slow, shortly after that, the punks follow in after them. And the punks are just these guys in fucking overalls and striped shirts. Literal punks. Yeah. And this opens another great fight scene. They kind of go in there, but you can't see the warriors because all the stall doors are shut. Um, they kind of each stand in front of a stall. And we have another awesome fight scene. Yeah, this is this is probably the best fight scene in the movie, yeah. I think. It's good. It's, it's really good. good. It takes just, you know, like, and again, nothing flashy. Just. Really? <laughs> they were throwing dudes against mirrors. Well, yeah. Blasting but, people through doors. Okay. Like, this is flashy. This is a flashy fight. Like, you know, whipping out weapons and shit. It's just, it's just fighting. Well, dude had a knife. There was bars. I mean, this is like a legit, like, fucking gang brawl. 
Okay. When it comes to the movie. Yeah. For me, anyways. It was great. I liked it either way. Yeah. Maybe my definition of flashy is wrong. Yeah. But Rembrandt, was, Rembrandt did actually spray paint spray, one. I would spray paint and then just gets his ass kicked. Yeah, because he's worthless. But, yeah, it's just... It, it's, they made it seem like there's a lot more punks than there really were in there because that's what I thought. Because um, it seems like they take one out and here's another one. They take him out here's another one. When there's really only like seven or eight of them. Well, there was one for each member of the yeah. gang. It just looked like Swan took out three guys. Ajax, to, or not Ajax, but you know, each guy took out more than one guy. But it's not like a video game. They don't like disappear <laughs> and new ones like jump in. Right. It's the same guys just standing up and fighting again. I guess so. But yeah, they uh, take all the punks out and get out of there. Um, and this is when we cut over to the riffs again. Uh, they come up with someone who says they saw Cyrus's killer. Yeah, an actual witness. Yeah, he, sure. you don't really know what gang he's from, but he just he's got some tats on him or whatever, and that's that. Um, Warriors are on the train now. They made it to Union Square. They're heading home to Coney. And the prom couples get on the train with them. Yeah, the subway preps. Super awkward. Yeah. And they, they, they got an entire empty subway car, and they sit across yep. from the gang members. Them, yep. um, We're going to just sit here and stare at you after laughing a bunch. It's kind of awkward scene there. Yeah. Um, and then morning comes. Warriors are back home. They're in Coney Island. But the rogues are also there. They're following them, and they're, is, are they driving a hearse or what it's kind like of? old school hearse, I think, yeah. Old school hearse with a bunch of graffiti on it. Um, Best paint job ever. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Um, the rogues look like they could have been in uh, Judas Priest, maybe. With or, their little hats. And their or like dress. a gay biker bar. Yeah, a gay biker bar, yeah. They're little, little... Just throw chaps on them. And I, <laughs> that's like the stereotypical <laughs> gay biker. <laughs> yeah. Um, the warriors go hide under this boardwalk and armor up. As the car drives by and Luther's got three glass bottles on his fingers. And this is, like, creepy. Probably the most iconic scene in this movie. Yeah, this sure. is probably what you know, This how this movie... Second most, I'd say Can You Dig It is probably the most. Are you sure? Yeah. I, I think mean, this is. Yeah, I guess. I think this I is. He clinks the bottles together and just creepily... Warriors, come out to play... It's just creepy, psychotic. I fucking love it. Um, the Warriors head out to the beach. Swan grabs a knife. Yeah, they all kind of like arm up underneath the docks because this rip, is their home. Rip shit off the docks. Yeah, this is their home, so they know where shit is. Yep. Um, the rogues follow them out there. Luther pulls out the gun, aims it at Swan, and right as he's about to shoot, Swan like ducks to the side and throws his knife and hits Luther right yeah. in there. And there was like three dudes standing behind him that probably yeah. wouldn't know how many <laughs> nobody got shot. Nobody got shot though. And like Swan moves out of the way and like fucking cowboy and Koji's are right behind him. How they don't get shot? I don't know. Main character survives. <laughs> um, Luther's on the ground crying like a pussy because he's got a knife stuck in his yeah. arm. And this is when the rifts show up. Just a massive amount of riffs. <laughs> Huge group. They've, they're all armored up. They're all dressed in black. They look like black ninjas almost. Or samurai or something. That was their whole yeah. get up, right? They looked like guys who did karate. Well, they had geese on in the, when yeah. they were in the orange, but this, yeah. these were more like turtlenecks and like black pants, pretty okay. much. Yeah, but they're just, they got sticks and weapons, and uh, the leader of the riffs kind of lets Swan and says, you know, you guys are good. The warriors are tough, real tough. Yeah. You're good in our book. And tells them to get out of there, and 
just imply a mega beatdown on the rogues. Yeah, I'm assuming they killed them all. Yeah, I'm assuming too, but he kind of just, just, Luther just begs for his life. He's like, no. no He's such a whiny bitch. <laughs> He's just a little bitch. Um, and they just kind of walk off the beach into the, not sunset, because it's morning, but they just walk along Sunrise. the beach. And the uh, song In the City plays. Yeah. As, was that made just for this movie? Uh, I don't know, was it? Might have been, I don't know. But it was a great song by Joe Walsh. Um, and just credits roll. Beautiful, beautiful song. Everybody's so, happy. Well, they made it back home. They made it back, but not all of them made it back. Yeah. Went from nine to what they finished with six. Yeah. I love it when they get off the train, though, at the end of Coney Island. He's like, this is what we've been fighting yeah. for all night. It's like so disillusioned and sad. Real <laughs> shithole, yeah. <laughs> Which plays a little bit towards the book, if you've ever read the book. Yeah. I, it is a depressing-ass ending. Yeah. And I, that's, I really wish I, I would have had read the book before I saw the movie, because... The book is kind of almost nothing like the movie. Yeah, it's like alternate bizarro universe. Yeah. Fucking the more. characters are different. It was really hard to read, try and read the book and picture this new story when I'm trying to picture the movie. And I, it's, it's, it's tough. That's something you can't do. You just got to go into it with a whole different perspective. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'll take the reins on this one here first. Um, Side. I, I, this, I love this movie. Yeah. This is one of the, I mean, cult classic B movies that I've actually seen. Yeah. yeah so. Largely in part due to the video game. It came out in 2005. <laughs> yeah, I which played the shit One out. of the greatest video games I've ever played. Um, thank you, Rockstar, for making this into a video game. It's a great story. Uh, the music is awesome. Awesome use of, awesome use of the synthesizer at the music. Um, just very simple but effective fight scenes. Yeah. They're just awesome to watch. I know I use the word awesome a lot, but... It, Tell us more about how it was awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome, dude. The awesomeness was so awesome. You can't even describe it as awesome. On a scale of not quite awesome to super awesome, how awesome was it? It's like super duper awesome. Man. Wow. <laughs> um, the acting is 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 man. It's what you'd expect from a, a little B movie like this. Yeah. Um, my only problem with this is I wish there was more. I wish there there's so many gangs in this movie. I wish we could have learned more. Like you know. Or maybe even have broken this up into three movies, made made their journey back even longer. Or I don't maybe know. A miniseries or something. Miniseries or something. I just wish there was more. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna bump this up. Mm. I'll give it a nine. Give it a nine. I'll give it a nine. Um, and I guess part of that's in through all the extras that come in watching this, like playing the game, that makes it even better. You yeah. know. Like I said, this is a movie where you just want more from it. Yeah. It's the story is so cool, you just don't want it to end in a ninety minute movie. Yeah. You want more. So um but yeah, I really love this movie. If you've never seen it, go check it out. Alright. Um Me, I'm also at a nine, actually. I started at a nine though. This is uh actually I started at nine point five, but uh I think uh, I've seen this. Did you give me shit for giving half ratings? Yeah, I did give you shit for giving I don't know if we should or not. We'll figure that out yeah. one day. If we ever decide to compile all the numbers and see we'll which one, it. you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I love the music. I mean, the biggest highlight of this movie is all the different gangs. Yeah. I love all the different gangs. Every, every single one of them is unique, you know. They didn't, like, half-ass it on the costumes. No. Which is awesome. The music is great. A lot of good songs. Um, 
What else? Yeah, it's it's a movie I've seen like a million times. I've read the book. Uh, I've played the game. It's like you're saying. It's something that you know you could be more of. Yeah, you, know? you want more. Did you say about something about a TV series? Possibly? Yeah, there's rumors right now that there might be a TV series about it in the works. Which I don't know how long they would go with that. Because if you think about it, if they did a miniseries and retold this story, that would be one thing. But if they do like a full season to season thing, yeah. you got to have different what they stories should do each is, week, Yeah, it's just, you know? what they should do is do a show where kind of how the game played out. You do stuff before the meeting, and then like have the end of season one be the meeting. Like the season oh. one ends as they're on their way to the meeting, so you watch the fucking movie. Yeah. And then season two starts after that, after the movie. But where do you go from there? I don't know. I mean... It would be really interesting to see. I yeah. Think. So there's tons of stuff to do with it. Yeah. But yeah, um, I gave it a nine out of ten. It's something highly recommendable. It's enjoyable. Yeah. 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 All right. So we're pretty equal on that. Yeah. yeah. IMDb gives it a seven point seven. So they're kind of rough on it, maybe. But. Well, I mean, a lot of B films are always yeah. getting. You rarely find one that has this, like this a is a very like we said this is a cult classic. Yeah, this has got a, a has a large following, but um, some fun stuff about this. Uh, there's one take in the movie where Swan has the bat he stole from the Furies. He actually throws it at a cop, yeah. um, and in doing so, he actually hit Mercy's Mercy, the actor who played Mercy, Deborah, hit her in the face, and she had to be rushed to the hospital. Gets stitches. <laughs> um, she still has a scar. Yeah, at 3 a.m. Also, it doesn't seem like she can stay healthy during this movie because at one point she is running and she fell and she broke her wrist. <laughs> um, this is why she later appears in the movie with a jacket on mm-hmm. because she's co- they're covering up the cast that she has on her arm. Um, they just kind of make up a story about how she stole the jacket and they were wearing it before they saw her again. So she couldn't keep her shit together pretty much. Right, yeah. She's a magnet for getting her ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> At the meeting, there were 1,000 extras used mm-hmm. for the meeting, which is, yeah, and many of them came from Riverside Drive Park, wherever that is, but like, it just gives you a sheer idea of how big that meeting scene was. Which is, yeah, this movie actually has a lot of uh, history with uh, the actual gangs in New York, Yeah, because there was a lot of troubles on set because they didn't hire certain gangs. At one point, this was like... Number one, one number one at the box office for like its opening or second weekend because all the gangs in New York went to see it and then they were outraged because they weren't in it. Yeah. And then nobody wanted to watch this movie ever again. And the set, the actual set was protected by an actual gang yeah. called the Mongrels, I guess. Yeah, the Mongrels. And at one point, one gang broke in and destroyed a bunch of shit. Yeah, because they weren't in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of hard to shoot. Yeah, it's you know controversial and, at the time and controversial. Also. In the script, Fox was originally supposed to be Mercy's love interest, not Swan. But those two actors had no chemistry. Um, and I can see that. The guy who played Fox is a real piece of shit. I didn't, didn't get much from him. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't a really huge. good actor. Um, seeing as why he was probably fired eight weeks into principal photography for this movie. Which is why he got thrown in front of the train. Because yeah. he needed to kill him off. Um, to, and he refused... He didn't want to be in the final credits. This actor's name is Thomas G. Waits. He didn't want to be in the final credits, so he demanded his name to be removed. Huh. He's still in the movie, so he's still making money off it. Yeah. I don't want any part to be there. But he is not, like, recognized. That's no. a funny thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Why take away that credit? I mean, just because you're a piece of shit. Yeah. 
he really didn't didn't do a good job in this movie. So yeah. another but, interesting fact: um, the taunt at the end by Luther, where he's clanking the bottles together, was actually improvised by him, and it was based off of uh, a taunt that a neighborhood kid used to do to him back in the day. When he God, was that shit was real somewhere yeah. along this time in history. Ugh, creepy. So when he grew, he had to grow up with some asshole like Luther, the actor, fucking with, or, you know, the character fucking with the actual actor. So I thought that was interesting. All right, so that's gonna do it for the Warriors in this episode here. Uh, I apologize if I sounded any different today. I'm a little bit under the weather, but I'm getting better. So hopefully I didn't sound like too terrible. Yeah, kind of. I wasn't going to say anything, but now they brought it up. You sounded like shit this entire time. To anybody who's listening. Um, please write in and tell us how bad Aaron sounded this episode. Yeah, yeah. Please write into us. Yeah, hit us up. For rate him. <laughs> you can hit us up at our email account, mfabpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're on Facebook. Search, search for Movies from A to B or mfabpodcast. And we're also on Twitter at mfabpodcast. Um Thanks for checking us out again. Um, signing off, I'm Aaron. And I'm Gavin. And thanks for listening. Next week we watch Harrison Ford phone it in in Blade Runner. And then we renew in Logan's Run. Until next time. That's a wrap. Cut. <laughs>